Live from the fish tank, it's your host Ronnie, back with another episode of the DSAC Fantasy Podcast. We got a, uh, a fun one today. We're bringing back a old segment to uh, see how things hopefully go with a, a bit of a new twist. Uh, we got position group power rankings, and it'll be featuring Mike. We're going basketball for the first time ever, so... Hopefully you guys all like that, and we'll put that at the very end, of course. But before that, uh, no hockey this week because there is uh, the All-Star break has just passed, which means that this week is a two-week matchup period, although I suppose I can do a quick little rundown here of the scoreboard as of Monday night. The second-place Walleye are up 9-1-2 to to two on Barry in seventh place. Uh, the first place Frostbite are currently down one to six to five to sixth place Ping. So I guess I should just say that Ping is winning six to one to five. That's the more proper way to say it. Third place Chris is up seven to one to four on Tom. In tenth place, uh, eighth place Kevin is up nine to three on fifth place Paolo, and fourth place Josh is up nine to one to two on off constantly. Um, we will have a basketball recap, of course. But we can also talk a little bit of baseball. Um, by the time you are listening to this, um, extensions should be locked, which means that Chris is pushing for a Wednesday start to free agency. So that would be a lot of fun. We can start that whole the bidding process again. And to be honest, I think that's one of my favorite parts of this league is going through free agency. It's just so much fun. The activity, the bidding, uh, the finding out which players are sought after by which owners. Uh, making fun of people for their bids, a little bit of everything here. Like anyone in this league can find something in free agency that really interests them and excites them. So I I can't wait to get started on that. Um, I think that's all the administrative stuff we can talk about. Um, we can make it a running plea at this point to hey. People who are interested in fantasy WNBA, we can run that again, but I don't need a ping uh, dropping nukes on me in the chat for that, so eh, whatever, it'll happen anyways. I'll deal with it. Uh, let's get right into the, uh, the trades, actually, because there's plenty of trades to talk about. All right, we can lead off here with basketball as soon as I pull up the tab here. See, scroll down to the bottom here. What was the last one that I talked about on here? I did the LeBron trade. I think that's where I left off. So I believe, if the sheet is correct here, there's only been two trades uh, in basketball since we last spoke. Um, Paolo sending James Harden, Aaron Gordon, Mason Plumley, and Cash to Alex in exchange for D'Angelo Russell, Christian Wood, Josh Hart, and Lou Dort. Uh, this helps Alex go a little bit more all in here. Um, he gets an upgrade at guard. Uh, probably more of a lateral move at best for, for him. Grabbing Aaron Gordon for Christian Wood. Um, grabs Mason Plumley, but losing Josh Hart and Lou Dort doesn't really do much. Um, although I guess uh, I... Nope, never mind. I did reflect that in the later segment you'll see. Um, yeah, 
like this for Alex. James Harden is the best player in this deal, especially for the right now. Um, I think this makes him only stronger. I truly don't see how he won't be at least the favorite, but as we've seen with Fargo basketball, um, the playoffs are the boogeyman there. So we'll see there. But I do like what Paolo got. He gets a lot younger here with D'Angelo Russell. I don't like Russell's game a whole lot, but he's, you know, he's all right for fantasy. Um, I do like Christian Wood. I did draft him after all. So I, th- I think he's pretty solid. So I think Paolo will like that. And then Josh Hart, I think, is a pretty good depth piece. And Paolo, I believe, originally had Josh Hart, or at least had him at some point in time. So gets him back. And then I guess lastly here with Alex, too, um, I do like Mason Plumley a little bit um, as far as, like, a depth center goes. I mean, it's pretty good value. He's not going to put up a ton of points, but, you know, eight points a night maybe, uh, eight, nine, ten rebounds. He's a pretty decent passer for a big man, so you can probably expect, you know, maybe three, four assists, some nights five, six. I remember he triple-doubled for the Pistons in the same game as Dennis Smith Jr. once. So, you know, he's he's going to provide a little more in in some categories than you may expect for a center. So I, th- I think he's like a sneaky good, like, 14th, 15th, 16th man in our league. And then the other trade here is Josh sending a first and a third to Paolo in exchange for Russell Westbrook and a ton of money. Um, Josh really trying to uh, cling on for dear life to that final playoff spot. And, I, I mean, with how good Josh's team is, you know, once he gets Durant back especially, uh, that's a roster that's pretty loaded. And all you got to do in the, in the playoffs here is really get in and you have a shot. Um, will he be able to reel off three straight wins? That might be asking a bit much because it's just on. I feel like that's just unlikely for for most people. Um, but Josh is a loaded team, and you know, adding Westbrook as much as I don't really not a huge fan of his game. Uh, the two the few things that he's not good at, you know, the percentages and the turnovers are categories that Josh is probably not too focused on. So if he can get, just get the raw counting stats there, uh, I think he'll be you know, decently happy with that acquisition, assuming that that 25 first round pick uh, doesn't end up, you know, in the lottery or anything. But um, actually, as much as I don't know if I should be saying this, I am rooting for Josh here. Um, Like as the manager of a team with massive expectations and just loaded and dripping with elite talent, who has missed the playoffs before, I, you know, I <laughs> don't necessarily want to see someone else go through that. That's it's not fun. So I would like to see Josh get in just, just for that alone. You know, that, that roster is too good to miss. And, I mean, even then, like, you guys aren't even going to give him shit for it. So I don't know why I'm really, you know, trying to be the, the sympathetic guy there. You guys don't really care about that. He'll get the skate on by if he misses. He ain't the walleye, so... We have some baseball stuff to talk about, too. We have no hockey trades since uh, we certainly don't have any football trades yet. Even though those are open, you can make football trades if you want now. The season's over. Uh, Let's see, where do we leave off with baseball last time? Uh, Okay, so this isn't completely updated. 
All right. We have AJ Puck and Daniel Espino going from Nut to Keith uh, in exchange for two third-round draft picks. That is um, not, a, not a great move for Nut. Um, Espino on his own is worth more than the third-round picks. I don't think Puck's contract is that big of a negative there. Uh, so, yeah, I would be very, very thrilled to get a prospect like Espino for, for such a low cost. Um, and then Keith also making another move here, trading two-fifths and some cap space to Nathan in exchange for Reed Detmers and Andrew Benintendi. What surprised me? Detmers is still really young. Um, he had a decent year last year. I think there's enough talent there to assume he's going to be a rosterable player in our league for a you know a long time. And talk about a fifth-round draft pick for that, that's, that's a steal, I think. And then Andrew Benintendi, also a steal for that price because, you know, just it's, <laughs> it's a really good player. Okay, really good is a stretch, but, you know, he's going to hit for decent average. He might steal a few bases. Um, he's also another very rosterable player. So if you get, you know, two guys who can contribute on your roster for a few years, those are really, really good deals. And then in the meantime, um, I have to scroll back up to the chat to find these because it's no, not updated. I know of at least two more. Um, here's one where Keith basically just gave AJ Puck back to Alex for nothing because he just didn't have uh, enough money to handle his offseason as he wanted. And then there was another one where how far back do I have to go on this one? I think it was last night. Okay, we're almost getting there. Almost getting there. Just excellent podcasting here. All this dead air. Okay. It was Josh um, getting Andrew Benintendi and $1 million this season in exchange for also nothing. So Keith makes these moves to grab Reed Detmers, uh, Daniel Espino, Andrew Benintendi, and AJ Puck in two deals, and then has to turn around and basically give two of those players away for free just for for money reasons. Um, Keith's the the money situation with him is just objectively funny. So love to see that. Oh, I guess Benintendi's more expensive than I thought. He's an $8 million player, and he's an expiring deal. So, yeah, it's not uh, not ideal. AJ Puck's contract finally starts with Alex. Uh, picked in the original startup draft, but because of his minimal innings, he had been able to just be stashed in the minors for the first uh, few seasons of our league. So, he's up now. And that, I believe, is is all the trades which means we can get into the basketball recap. All righty. Uh, start off with, I guess we can start off with the record here. Only one record this week, Chris with a new third-place record for steals. He now owns at least a share of all three regular season steals records. And despite all that, those three performances for which he is recognized in the, uh, the Hall of Records is not the biggest steal he's had in basketball. That, would, of course, would be Luca. Um, we can start off with the first matchup here as Mike beats his brethren Nathan 8-1. to Mike gets 101 points and 917 from the line for Mikael Bridges. 
Shea Gilders Alexander scoring 97 points with 11 stocks and shooting 971 from the free throw line. Kyle Kuzma also shooting 917 from the free throw line. Gary Trent Jr., uh, 80 points on 11 three-pointers and also 917 from the free throw line. That's a bit of a trend there for Valley Jobin, apparently. 90 points on 10 threes for Terry Rozier, 48 boards for Hartenstein, 35 rebounds and 774 from the field for Jarrett Allen. And of all people, Jaden Ivey with a 563 field goal percentage. He had a couple really good games last week, um, hoping that in real life, We'll start to see him pick it up a little bit here. On Nathan's and Paolo Boncaro, uh, second best rookie this year, 75 points, 36 boards, 15 assists. Larry Nance Jr. going for 41 boards and 720 from the field. And lastly, Nikola Jokic, only 62 points this week, which is a bit of a low total for him, but he had a whopping 50 rebounds and 41 assists, shooting 686 from the field. He is just a freak, man. He's really good. Really jealous of that. We had Keith beating Paolo 6-2-1, to 75 points and 13 threes for Michael Porter Jr. and 24 assists for Josh Giddy on Keith's end. On Paolo's end, 567 from uh, Hunter from the field. Uh, James Harden shooting 909 from the free throw line. Desmond Bain with 12 three-pointers. Julius Randle with tw- uh, 98 points, 42 boards and 25 assists. And Russell Westbrook putting up 36 assists in his farewell week. We have Alex beating Ping 5-4. to four. Alex gets 87 points, 26 assists, 550 from the field, and a perfect 1,000 from the free throw line from C.J. McCollum. Jason Tatum going for 10 threes and 917 from the free throw line. 37 boards and 587 from the field for Fujovic. 938 from the free throw line for Middleton. And 7 steals from Kenrick Williams. On Ping's end, 77 points for Brandon Ingram. A 600 field goal percentage from Collins. 568 from the field from Bam. 38 boards for Zubats, 85 points, 10 steals, and 9.57 from the field from Kawhi Leonard. Fantastic performance from him, making that Jalen Suggs trade look even worse. 5.64 from the field from Bradley Beal. 106 points and 17 three-pointers from Jamal Murray. Eight blocks from Brooke Lopez. 10 three-pointers, 6.55 from the field, and 9.23 from the free-throw line for Trey Murphy III. We got Barry beating Nutt. 6-3. Barry gets 576 from the field from Kaminga. 122 points and 46 boards for Embiid. 105 points, 26 boards, 30 assists, 13 three-pointers for Fred Van Vliet. 99 points from Brunson. 87 points, 8 steals, 563 from the field and 926 from the free throw line for Porzingis. 72 points, 10 three-pointers, 578 from the field and a perfect 1,000 from the free throw line from Darius Garland. Speaking of perfect free throw line performances... Malik Monk does that, and 560 from the field. Meanwhile, for Nutt, he got 75, 24, and 20 with 11 three-pointers from LaMelo Ball, 12 three-pointers from Sadiq Bey, and 720 from the field from Ayo Dusunmu. We have Chris beating Josh 6-3 to retain the belt. Got 102 points, 23 boards, 33 assists, and 13 three-pointers from DeJounta Murray. Nine steals from Markel Fultz. 36 boards, nine blocks, and 923 from the free throw line from Miles Turner. 13 steals from Herb Jones. And 623 from the field from Sabonis. On Josh's end, 11 three-pointers from Buddy Heald. 923 from the free throw line from Mo Wagner. Didn't expect that. 49 boards from Capella, 92 points and 37 boards from Anthony Davis, 77 points from Norman Powell, 
34 assists from Chris Paul, 26 assists from Dennis Schroeder, and Giannis with 123 points, 52 boards, and 585 from the field. In one of our toilet bowls, we had Sean beating Murph 5 to 4. 99 points, 23 boards, 18 assists, and 11 stocks from Anthony Edwards, 10 three-pointers from Bogdan Bogdanovich, and 8 steals from Jalen Suggs. On Murph's end, 82 points, 25 boards on Pascal Siakam. The other Bogdanovich, Bojan that is, 73 points on 12 three-pointers and 565 from the field. And Chris Boucher, 606 from the field. And lastly, the walleye bounced back from his schedule loss to blast Coven, 7-1-1. to one to one. We got 30 boards and 25 assists from Draymond Green, 8 blocks from Walker Kessler. Damian Lillard, oh, we'll talk about him here in a minute, 153 points, 18 boards, 27 assists, 18 three-pointers, and 981 from the free throw line. We got 10 three-pointers apiece from Dante DiVincenzo and Clay Thompson. Clay also added a perfect 1,000 from the free throw line. We got a 576 from the field and 33 boards from Jonas Valanciunas. We got Anthony Simons going for 107 points, 22 assists, 22 three-pointers, and 582 from the field. Uh, We've got Steph Curry going 116 points, 29 boards, 27 assists, 23 pointers, and shooting 957 from the free throw line. On Kevin's end, 7 blocks and 31 rebounds for Evan Mobley, 7 steals for Precious Achua, and then 73 points, 38 boards, and 705 from the field from DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Categories for the week. Alex with 5046 from the field, Nut with 8442 from the line, Ronnie with a whopping 112 three pointers, just blowing away the competition this week, Josh with 326 rebounds, Alex with 207 assists, Chris with 72 steals, Mike with 36 blocks, Kevin and Murph splitting turnovers at 37 apiece, and Barry with 892 points. And finally, we get to the point of the recap where I can talk about the player of the week because for the third time in four weeks folks Damian Lillard what an absolute monster he has been just otherworldly talent the last calendar month he's he's a monster um he's shooting at an incredibly efficient rate he's putting down a lot of three-pointers he's getting to the free throw line with ease and you know, knocking down 95% of them or so, it feels like, for the last month. Uh, just He's doing everything he can to to help keep the walleye as high up in the standings as possible. Um, he, unsurprisingly, is also Barry's number one player for the week, also for the third time in four weeks, back-to-back weeks for both instances here. Uh, the rest of Barry's top five. Number two, hey, look at that. It's Steph Curry. Pretty special duo the wall I have there. Uh, It's pretty hard uh, guard duo to beat, I'm sure. Uh, Third was LaMelo Ball for Nutt. Fourth was Kristaps Porzingis for Barry. And fifth was DeJounta Murray for Chris. Let's go ahead and pull up the standings here. Oh, we've got Alex still in first place. Four and a half games up onto yours truly. Chris is in third, five and a half games back. Barry in fourth, 10 games back. Ping in fifth, 12 games back. Josh in sixth, 15 and a half games back. Now here's where it gets interesting. Just outside the playoffs here, we have seventh place Mike, who is 18 and a half games back. So if you do the math, 
he is only three games back of Josh with three matchup periods left. Keith is in eighth place, 20 games back. He's only four and a half games back of Josh with three games left, or three matchups left. Then you have Nathan in ninth, Paolo in tenth, Murph in eleventh, Kevin in twelfth, Sean in thirteenth, and Nut in fourteenth. Those guys are all kind of out of it, I feel like, at this point. So, you know, it's what it is. Uh, I can pull up the roto table here because I did that um, this week. Oh, we've got Alex still in first place out of a possible... What's the math on that? I always forget the math on this. 14 times 9. So 14 times 10 would be 140. So it would be 126, I think, if I do the math right. Yep, 126 points. That is the maximum total one can have. Alex has 98. Uh, second place is Chris with 89. Josh with 88. Barry with 85, Ping with 84, Mike with 82. Those are your top six that the playoffs were determined by the roto table. Uh, just outside of that window is, hey, that's me at 80. Once again, not a tier one basketball team, Alex. Deal with it. Keith has 72, Nathan has 62, Paolo has 48, Kevin has 47, Murph has 39, Sean has 36, and Nut has 35. We can take a quick look here at for who is leading the categories and how much they have here, we have Ping leading field goal percentage with 49.13%. Um, Barry leading free throw percentage at 82.13%. Uh, Three-pointers are the Walleye, 1,421. Rebounds is Alex, 4,781. Assists, hey, that's also Alex, 3,076. Steals is Chris with 845. Blocks is Mike with 586. He's over 100 more than second place. Turnovers, Nut and Mur- er, Nut has 826. Um, Alex is down at 1,466. And total points, Chris with 12,512. And I believe we're at a point here where because of the shortened schedule now, we're not going to be able to really set new uh, records, I feel like, for single-season totals. Um, I'll check. I think it should be in here. Yeah. Alex had well, 1,000, or sorry, 17,025 points last year, and Chris has 12,512. And for there's not enough weeks left to to even touch that, so... Got a feeling those will all stand. The records from last year will probably all stand for the foreseeable future. Um, Take a quick look now at who's playing who, I guess, and we can wrap up this recap here. Uh, We have a slobber knocker of a matchup here, folks. The first place Frostbite and the second place Walleye. Now, the Walleye are currently up 8-1. to I feel like that's a bit of an illusion here. Um, We had a really hot Monday night. I don't think that's going to hold up against Alex long-term. I believe Alex already has a few games in hand, I believe. So uh, I expect that to flip in his favor as we go. We got 13th place Sean and 6th place Josh. This is Josh's big chance here to really, really put it on put it on Sean and really hope to uh, you know, hold his ground, maybe even gain a little bit of ground on the guys chasing him. We got 4th place Barry and 11th place Murph. 5th place Ping in third place, Chris, which should be a good one. Eighth place, Keith in 14th place, Nut. 
Keefe has a real good chance here to make up some ground. Seventh place Mike and tenth place Paolo, who has gone full sell mode. So another chance for Mike to gain up ground here. Um, pretty fun here that the six, seven, and eight seed are both, or all three of them are playing bad teams, which should, in theory, give them a chance to to have some good weeks. And lastly, we have ninth place Nathan and twelfth place Kevin. So that is all for the week. We can uh, finish up with uh, the segment here at the very end. It's a pretty long one, so I hope you guys are enjoying that. All right, and now we have, we're going to bring back a little more content here. I did some position group power rankings during the baseball season. Mike took it upon himself to suggest that I do more things like that. So we're roping Mike in. How are you doing today, Mike? Doing good, Ronnie. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, we're going to be doing really good, especially for this segment. Spoiler alert. Um, but thanks to Mike's uh, suggestions and partially to his willingness to do this. And eventually, if he wouldn't have reached out to me, I would reach out to him to rope him in on this. Uh, position group power rankings for basketball. We have the season coming to an end. We kind of know more or less what every player is uh, for this season. So we are going to rank each roster's group of guards. So that's anyone who has guard eligibility from you know, the, the Shea Gilders Alexanders of the world to LeBron James has point guard, apparently. So all of those ben are... Simmons, ben Simmons will be featured in all three of these podcasts, spoiler alert. <laughs> well, he'll be eligible. I don't know how much he'll be featured in all three of them. He'll be mentioned. Potentially. I'll, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll get a, a mention. I think the reason that I, um, that I kind of brought this up to you is because I had a feeling based on my um, based on my input in the chat of you know different ideas of what you could do outside of the regular weekly podcast is that you'd circle back to um, position power rankings and I wanted to have somebody on a, as a sounding board to kind of push back on Ron when he inevitably puts himself tier one in every single. Uh, uh, position and category. Let it be uh, known so. that I did not do that in baseball. There was even, a few, I think I might have even ranked myself dead last in terms of uh, uh, third baseman, even. Which, you know, third base to, is tough. Third base yeah. is tough. Feast or famine. We'll see it this year. Yeah. I, I, that very well could be the case again this year. I'm currently rocking Eugenio Suarez and Josh Rojas. So, um, but we'll worry about that when baseball season comes around. And of course, for baseball, as Mike and I already talked about, because, spoiler alert, Mike is kind of going to be a recurring guest for this kind of stuff. Uh, we are going to wait till probably closer to midseason, just because the last thing that either of us want is to, you know, say these things coming into the season about, like, projections for baseball, and then once baseball does baseball things and the projections are rendered, uh, you know, useless... Uh, we don't want Barry bitching at us because one of his like mid-tier guys is playing like slightly above mid-tier, and we don't want to hear that for the full season. So you you can like that silently you can also want yeah. most of the season. Yeah, I was gonna say you can silently <laughs> we also laugh. Want most of the season. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying you can silently laugh, but I'm gonna make sure that you you are included in what I just said. I'm not gonna <laughs> take the full brunt of that. Well, not only do we want um, to do these during the season for that reason, but also we want 
most of the season to be established, kind of do them close to the deadline because we know how much Keith and I trade with each other. So we don't want that to be um, rendered meaningless either or relevant once we trade half our rosters back and forth to each other in the off season. Yep. And don't worry, I will make it a point to uh, not let Mike use these as an avenue to like artificially boost his trade value for that reason. <laughs> Gary Trent Jr. also going to be featured heavily on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, you said you did not break your, you said you eventually decided against doing tiers, correct? Yeah, I, I told you what I had done. I had made tiers based on um, certain rankings that I looked up and grouped them into tiers. And then when you told me you did the exact same thing, I got rid of my format and went to a street uh, 1 to 14 ranking um, so as to distance myself from you and uh, mitigate any jokes that Nathan would eventually have about us being the same person well if you look at the current basketball standings you have done a good job of distancing yourself from me anyways so that's true ignore the fact that you beat me uh pretend pretend our most recent matchup did not happen after i said uh so i do have my like a one through 14 as well but i tiered mine up i have five tiers but like half the league is in the, the top two tiers, <laughs> which I do think goes Not to true. show how uh, how much parity there is. I mean, we're looking at it now. There is, as I mentioned, there's a, a clear tier one. Alex is just unquestioned there. I don't see how anyone even poses a, a minor threat to him. Um, but outside of that, you know, there's a really strong group here in the standings. We have, I'm currently in second, which is not reflective of the overall talent on my roster and the current six seed is only 11 games back of where i'm at and then after josh there's one there's you know two other teams here between mike and keith that are within five games of josh so there's legitimately eight teams who all have a very viable claim to a playoff spot but there's only six spots so yeah i think five through eight is going to be the most interesting down the stretch, um, given how how Keith and I's schedules are set up, um, we've got some favorable matchups coming up. So we'll be seeing um, a push from us. We'll see if if Josh and uh, Ping is only Ping is only three and a half, and he gets he gets Chris this week. Like I said, so that could be a tough one. But we'll see how if Luca comes back healthy, um, how he and Kyrie play together. Yeah. Effect. <laughs> I, I feel some I feel, things as he's known to in the past. <laughs> I feel bad for the other three people in that lineup. Like I don't like if you get five shots in that starting lineup, you're you're thrilled with your performance that night. I mean, I'd be lying if I said that's not why I didn't pick up Reggie Bullock. We should be standing in the corner, wide open. Whether or not he gets the ball or not, I don't know. But if he's, he's going to get the ball, better hope he's he doesn't. Be wide open uh, in the corner. Better hope he doesn't pull a uh, a few Tony Snells. Are you yeah. are you familiar with that that box score? Is he, is he the, is, is he the uh, guy who just ran up and down the the court and didn't do anything? I mean, there's a like few of them, no stats. Yeah, he had 28 minutes in a game and recorded zero statistics. Yeah. No, he, no points. He got, he got his steps in though. Yeah. yeah, cardio, full cardio. Yep. Yeah. All right. Running so from corner to corner. 
we're already seven minutes in here and we have yet to really even break down any one team. So uh, we can probably start with that. My tier five has three teams. Um, I'll go through my tier. You'll tell me why I'm wrong and I'll try to concede like a little bit. Um, yeah, so my last team, I should say before we do this, I did kind of look at a, a dynasty rank I looked at how many top 50 players each team had in a guard slot. That's not top 50 guards. It's just top 50 players in general, top 100 and top 150. And I kind of used that as a, a pretty strong guide to, to see how I wanted to rank these. So, yeah. And you looked at it as both like a, a this year, but also from a dynasty perspective as well, right? Yes. I mean, this but was not a, taking into yeah. account our contracts. Correct. This was a pure dynasty rank. I'm not looking into contracts because I don't want to consider like 10 different variables. <laughs> like, I, right. that would, I don't want to do math. Okay. This is no. fantasy, fantasy sports. I don't want to be doing, doing more math than I have to. Um, so, in, I, I, when there was teams that were pretty close with ranking within the tiers, I did try to, you know, consider various mm -hmm. things as like a tiebreaker. So, well, I'm sure we'll get to that in, in the event of that coming up here. But dead last, I have, sorry to say, but Nathan. Um, he Hi. had one, one guard in the top 50, one guard in the top 100, and three in the top 150. Um, he is basically Jalen Brown and not a whole lot else. Yeah, no depth. It's a good player to have in Jalen Brown, but... Uh, the the next guys on on the list I looked at for him were like Kelly Oubre Jr., Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Lonnie Walker the fourth, Zaire Williams. Like it, I mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone's like excited about those names. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Brown, he's he's solid. He's he's the best. Probably, yeah. He's he's the best guard on Nathan's team. It's pretty clear. Um, Riveting I analysis. Him. What's that? Riveting analysis. <laughs> I mean, uh, you yeah you meant you mentioned all the other names that he's got, and, and nobody else is really like you said top even a hundred overall. Um, I do think Kelly Oubre is a solid piece, um, but he's not anything that like you'd be excited about as having like as your as your second guard um, on a on a fantasy roster. I didn't have him last. I had him close to last. Um, who, who did you have in the other? Who, who else was in this tier for you? So this is going to be perhaps a bit of a shocker here, but somehow my thirteenth team is Josh. Okay. The That's rest of the I rest is last. <laughs> oh, okay. The rest of Josh's roster is absolutely loaded. Yeah. He'll be on the opposite end when we get the forwards, but yes. yeah, his guards are. But he does have he has zero top fifty players, but he does have two top one hundred and three top one fifty. Um, the reason, main reason why I have him over Nathan is just uh, there's just more depth here. Like he yeah. has Drew Holiday, Buddy Heald, and Chris Paul all ahead of Kelly Oubre, even though Jalen Brown is ahead of those three. And then like his even beyond those guys, like Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, Jordan Clarkson, Alex Caruso, Norm, Norman Powell's played pretty well. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Okay, I I'm not <laughs> factoring in the trades that happened like today. Okay. So these are slightly but out no, of date. That, that, that but, does add to the depth. 
Um, yeah. yeah, I had him last just because I get what he's doing, loading up on on forwards, but there's just no there's no one guard that I'm excited about for the next like three years. Like it's just it's just Drew Holiday. I mean, I'd and be I'd be kind of excited about Drew Holiday. He's gonna get you. Uh, he, he's kind of just like a shooter, isn't he? Like he doesn't yes. to contribute in any other categories. Uh, I think like, he, does, Buddy, does Buddy get you any other stats, or is he just? I think he's at least a threes. respectable rebounder for his for his position. I mean, he's not like great at it by any means, but like I don't think he's a, a complete negative there. I'll I'll pull up his his season numbers here on Josh. Okay, Day. no, he's he's averaging five rebounds a game. That's not bad. Yeah, that's, that's a solid for a shooter. Yeah, okay. That's not bad. I just that's that's what I think of him as is just a a shooter, like a volume shooter. Um, and I think Jalen Brown just offers a little bit more as like your one. Oh, one hundred percent. But but I kind I kind of had these as like, and then I had another team in this kind of bottom bottom quarter of the league. Uh, um, was it Kevin by any chance? It was Kevin. All right, yeah. cool. So we're more or less here in lockstep. Just like Nathan said, you and I are just a lot alike. Um, I put well, Kevin. Can I do a little inside baseball based on the numbers that you're giving? I think we looked at the same rankings without even talking about. It. I mean, <laughs> you're like you know one top fifty, three top one hundred, one fifty. I mean, there is like one like very prominent yeah. basketball ranking yeah. here. I mean, I think Tom and I did this when Tom originally drafted his team. We're like we were kind of bouncing stuff back and forth, you know, like. I even asked him where a certain player was in his rankings. I was trying to think if I you know, if it would be worth it for me to like wait another round or two. And he gave me the exact number I have. I asked him on a different player, and it was also <laughs> the same number. Like, okay, we're just using the same list here. <laughs> um, Your guy's higher than mine. I'm not. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, um, I think I think I had Kevin ahead of and Nathan ahead of Josh just because I liked their um like their top guards like Matherin and even Jalen Williams. They're both young. They can inevitably potentially be top 75 this time next year. Um, I think there's just more more upside with with Kevin's top two than with than with Josh's top two. Yeah, and that right. might be, be just me looking at it too much from like a three to five year window as opposed to Josh, who's very much very much win now with the Westbrook trade, especially. Yes, yeah. um, including Shaden Sharp in there too. There's another uh, potentially. Yeah. That's true. Decent name there, although um, selfishly, uh, I think Portland does have two pretty solid guards already um, in their starting lineup, as we'll get to a ways down the line here in the podcast. Um, Is it that much far further away as you think? Uh, it's my no. pod. It's it's my podcast. Yeah, no. So. I, <laughs> this is your list. This is very much your list. I'm just giving yeah, my list. My analysis so that Ronnie doesn't go unfiltered. Um, yeah, Trey Jones was kind of surprisingly high on this list, but I mean, it kind of makes sense. You never know when, at, at this point, would, would it, would you be completely surprised if like John Morant ended up in jail at some point in his career with the way things have escalated in the last like calendar year? With yeah, him? it's, it's definitely a, uh, highly volatile situation down there in Memphis. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like Kevin's. Actually, Kevin's no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Trey, Trey Jones is on San Antonio. Tyus, his brother Tyus, Tyus is the Jones. one. Yeah. Okay. They're all the same to me. 
yeah, they, they're, you know, same position. They both went to Duke. I, I get it. That's my bad yet. Yeah, no wonder Trey Jones is a little bit higher ahead because he is the, the clear guy on, on a team. He's not behind um, John Morant. Anyways, sorry. So we, have the, we have the same bottom three, basically, just in a different order. Yep. I could be talked into having Josh a little bit higher just because, like you said, of the depth and um, his window is very much the next year or two. So he doesn't need to be hanging out around with, with rookie guards in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to the team I had fourth from the bottom. This is this team is in their own tier because they have, you know, a a very good high end duo and then quite literally nothing else. Um, I have Murph here in his own tier in tier four. He has one top fifty, two top one hundred, and two top one fifty. Um, John Morant and Tyrese Maxey are carrying heavily here because outside There's of them, no it's, uh, it's Emmanuel quickly, Johnny Davis, who is just very bad in the G League, let alone the NBA. He's he's like, like you can send like pretty much anyone in the NBA down to the G League and they'll bust some ass and they'll they'll come back up. Like Johnny Davis is like 30 something percent from the field, like 20 something percent from three. He's averaging like 10 points. He's got like a one to three turn assisted turnover ratio. But hey, he had that Taco Bell commercial. And, oh, and I know things about um, doing well in the G League, but not in the NBA, as I roster both James Wiseman and Ty Ty Washington. Yeah. So hey, I'm familiar. You're talking to the guy who has potentially the most outstanding player in the G League in Luca Garza. So right there That's with true. you. As much as I love um, Luca Garza, have, he is he is tearing it up down there. He is a G League player, yeah. I, uh, I had Murph here too. Um, it was pretty much, I kind of was debating back, back and forth between Kevin and Josh for the last spot and then Nathan and Murph for the 11 and 12 spot. And I just ended up liking Murph's one, two combo better than Nathan's second guard of, of Kelly Oubre. I mean, Tyrese Maxey's the second best guard on his team and the second best guard on Murph's team, but that's, that's not an insult. Like he's really good. Yeah. Um, and all it takes is a hamstring pull from James Harden, and he's putting up James Harden numbers. So uh, he's, you know, he does have some competition there with DeAnthony Melton, but you know, mm-hmm. he, he his role would Shake. increase a little bit for sure. Shake Melton. DeAnthony Melton, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, although, and I will say this too before we move completely on from this bottom portion of the league, but I'm especially probably down on Kelly Oubre, probably just as someone who like follows the Warriors, like that, the Kelly Oubre junior year with Golden State mm. was not good. Um, no, it wasn't. He definitely took to um, putting up good stats on a bad team in Charlotte. That's yep. more his style right now. Yeah, he was the antithesis of, of Warriors basketball. So, <laughs> Although with Murph's team, I will say I do like Max Struss. Um, I'm curious yeah. to see if, if Cam Thomas gets more burn with the, the, the Kyrie deal, but they, they did bring back Dinwiddie and they do have some other guys kind of on the wing already in that deal. I think they brought back Finney Smith. So it's probably not going to happen there, but you never know. Um, yeah, just it's, it's jaw maxi and um, future draft picks. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and from, from the very brief interaction I had with Murph and DMs is he's gotten interest in maxi. And that was like three months ago. And I haven't heard from him since. So if that ever ends up happening, if he finds his way back into the chat and somebody 
surprise Tyrese Maxey from Murph in the next three to four days. Um, he would he would take a tumble down these rankings for sure, just having Ja. Yeah, he Unless he got a good part guard back in return. Yeah, I would have to put him behind Nathan if that were the case, just, you know, on, on principle. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't really see that happening, and I don't really see how that how many people can make it worth it for for Murph in that case. But yeah, because I think for the most part the the buyers have bought. Um, so the tier three is only two teams. So you know we're we're less than halfway through the league in total, and I've already used up three of my five tiers. Well, that's because I bullied you into dropping down the tier. Because <laughs> you, you originally did have six, right? Yeah, I had Nathan on his own. And I, I, I decided <laughs> it would be acceptable to, to include him with Josh and Kevin. But that, that's the only only addition I made was I just combined tiers five and six. Not only am I far away from you in the standings, which was a good joke. That was a good joke. Thank you. Um, but, but even I couldn't come up with six tiers for 14 teams. <laughs> And eight of the, eight of those fourteen teams be in one tier. <laughs> Two tiers, thank you very much. Two tiers. Yeah. So fifth from the bottom, I had Sean. Okay. Um, I mean, it's Anthony Edwards. I'm not really huge on Jalen Green, but he is still very young and very talented. And then he has, incredibly, three players who were ranked consecutively on these the rankings I was looking at, and Killian Suggs and Bones Highland. Uh, then the the guys after that not really yeah we were definitely looking at the same list yeah not not a ton of uh, inspiring stuff there with Josh Green and Davian Mitchell and Dylan Brooks but there is a top fifty guard here two top one hundreds and five top one fifties and it's it's that depth that truly pulls pulls Sean away in addition to having Anthony Edwards um, is that where you had Sean or did you have him in a different spot I had him a little higher just because he had that cluster of guards still within the top 50. Like, yes, they're, they're past 100, but still having five guards within the top 50, that kind of bumped him up for me. Top, one, top, top 150, by the way. He, he doesn't have five from the top. If he had five from the top 50, he'd be probably number one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his, his one, two isn't as good as some of the others that we haven't gotten to yet, um, but he's got more depth than those those teams so i think um in sean's position having young guys like i mean yes he, he was a meme but having killian hayes and bones highland having jalen suggs like for the next couple of years you could see them climb up the tier and you know maybe jalen green takes a step as he gets more used to the league and more used to nba style play so i liked his depth uh given where he was compared to say Nut, um, who yes has two top ten guys, but really not much else. Yeah. Um, and and friend of Sean, I had Paolo, and even after the Westbrook trade, I don't think I would really move that. I still think I would take Paolo ahead of Sean without Russ. But Just because of Halliburton. Halliburton and Bain, I like both of them better than. Yeah. Well, Halliburton over Edwards, and then Bain over Jalen Green, and then you factor in the fact that he did get D'Angelo Russell. Josh Hart, you know, shows some stuff every once in a while. Um, campaign could be worthwhile if Chris Paul gets hurt for a stretch. Um, he had two yeah, top 50, true. three top 100s, and four top 150. So 
one fewer top 150, but one more top 100 and one more top 50. So I, those, I mean, there, there's a reason why they're, the, why they are in the same tier. I just like Paolo's top end talent more here. Yeah. His one, two is definitely better than Sean's, but I just, I just like, I mean, at this point you've, you could potentially be starting five or six cards at a time in a given night. And I just like, I just like Sean's like backup options, even if, <clears throat> even if Bones is, I think he has him back down in the G League now. Um, but I just like those guys to kind of like fill out the roster better than, than Josh Hart, Martin, and all those yeah. other guys. I see it. Um, are, are these still? Jaylen, I, I am a little bit worried about Jalen Suggs though now with, with how ball dominant Paolo is and Franz taking a step forward. Like it, it doesn't seem like they need a point guard as much. Like he's not going to score as much as I thought he was going to when he came into the league. Yeah, uh, he's certainly not really developed uh, as quickly or as as well in general as people expected. Uh, I really hope he didn't peak with that half court shot in March Madness, um, <laughs> but he might have. He might have. Um, yeah. In general, though, are these also the same bottom six you have, or have we deviated from our lists yet? Um, I had Sean eighth. So I had Sean ahead of who I think you're probably going to have next. But I had I had Sean, Nut, and Paolo kind of grouped together. And I was kind of sorting out between those three. Okay. And you are correct. I do have, have Nut as the next team here. This will be seventh from the end, so eighth overall. This is the, the bottom team in Tier 2. Um, in the... His depth is not good, but I just don't see how you can have LaMelo Ball and Trey Young, two top 10 overall players, and not be at least tier two. Like, that's just, it's, that to me yeah, is it's just, really good. It's, it's just better than Tyrese Halliburton and Desmond Bain. It's better than Edwards and Jalen Green. So, just. Imagine if his number three was Dane. You hadn't stolen him from him. Yeah, he would be tier one. Um, he, would, he would be tier one if he had. If you had Lamelo and Dane still, and we, and we still made the Trey Young trade, yeah, that's a good, that's a good one through three. It's a very good one through three, but there's some other pretty good one through threes here as we'll get to. Um, I'm curious to see what Dyson Daniels does. Um, I don't, he's obviously not a an overly talented offensive player, but he could be, you know, a more productive Matisse Tybel. Mm-hmm. Um, Aota Sunmu is getting a lot of run in uh, Chicago, especially since like um, the Alonzo Ball. Hurt. Yeah, like I remember it was like really big news when like they showed like Alonzo Ball like running on a treadmill, but he had like a very obvious like limp in his stride. Yeah. I don't know if limp is the right word, but he was very clearly not fluid on his injured leg. I'm sure as a physical therapist, you would probably be more adept at describing that than I am. But Look yeah, it, it was. Definitely the the leg of someone who's not 100. Um, percent Then you'd think like NBA players would have, um, like um, like body weight treadmills. You know what I mean? Like where you can take some like some of the body weight off. Oh, I'm sure they probably do. Down. But did but like why use... why would you why would you put somebody through that if they're not watching it? 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, I would... Oh, yeah, he, look, he looks like he's somebody who's, like, walking off a, or running off of a cramp. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> way to describe it. Like, you can... It's very noticeable. Um, I don't remember which leg it was, but the leg that he hurt is very, very noticeably yeah. not not moving um, how an NBA player should look when he's running. No. So that's it looks like the way you run up and down the court like half speed and pick up, where you're just kind of like, yeah, I'll get there. Yeah, that's that's definitely like uh, like the mid thirties guy who like you know. <laughs> it's the James Harden. I just pulled my hamstring. Yeah. 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 That's that's the guy at your at your local Y who like definitely has like a like a a, a compression sleeve or like a very like light knee brace <laughs> going up and down the court. Um, yeah, there's really not a ton of depth here, despite you know the the upside of, of Dyson Daniels and Ao Um Obviously, I like Karis LeVert because he went to Michigan, but he's not particularly. Well, I guess he's also been hurt in recent years, so he hasn't really had a yeah. a real chance to to play a big role. Although, perhaps now we'll see what happens in Cleveland. Um, but yeah, uh, not not a ton there. At the very he's end like down that. the depth chart now too with Mitchell and yeah, and Garland. And Garland, so. You can probably play some small forward, but I don't know how much how much he's like starting there. Because they do have some those other like net, wing. Those players. Nets teams were so fun when he Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, like before they they traded everything and got Kyrie and Durant. Those Nets teams were so fun to watch. Yeah. Theo Pinson was there. <laughs> doing his doing, <laughs> doing his sideline stuff. That is the only time Theo Pinson will be mentioned in this podcast. That's right. That's right. All right, and then this next one here, I really hope I don't um, strike a chord, but I do have you at, at seven, so kind of like the very the very end of the top half. Fits the standings well. Yep. Um, you do have one top 50, four top 100s, which is nice, and then six top 150. So your depth here is just far better than nuts, which is why I, I kept you here, especially since Shay is, per the list I was looking at, better than Ball or Trey Young. So you have the in theory the best player here and just better depth. So moved you yeah, both above he, nine. On on the list that we were looking at, he's the second overall guard yeah. behind Luca. Um for context. And then Franz was near top fifty, and then I got two top seventy-five and uh Jaden Ivy and Terry Rozier. Um I was I was struggling with me and my placement. Um because I think I belong in this in this range. I just wasn't sure if I was ahead of one of the other teams or or not. Since it's that classic, like, would you rather the top two or three, or would you rather have not as good number one, but better, you know, two through seven? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of going back and forth between me and Keith for the six and seven spot. I ended up putting me at six and Keith at seven. Um, where, where, where did you have just one spot ahead of me? I had ping one spot ahead of you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He was, he was in this, he was in this tier with me and, and Keith when I initially had him tiered up. Um, yeah, I could see that. I mean, because yeah, Donovan Mitchell is really good, obviously. Yeah. Bradley Beal is solid, but he's, hasn't he's had some playing time issues this season from injuries not from like performance reasons um right. and he's 
for whatever reason, like really committed to just getting the bag from Washington and not like actually having <laughs> aspirations, which, hey, props to, props to him for that. If you can get the most money you can, if, if that is what you want out of your career, go for it. I mean, yeah. that, that's how like us people who don't work in pro sports handle things for the most part. Um, how, how are we compensated? And it's worked out real well for Beal. Uh, Jamal Murray is solid. Not, not great, but solid. Um, LeBron qualifies here as well. Um, Trey Murphy is also top 150. Um, I, although I will say this, the fact that his name is Trey Murphy the third that just bugs me because in theory, that is funny. because Trey, I, I would assume, I'll double check this here, but I would assume Trey is a nickname based off of being the third. So like, yeah, so that is like his, his first name is Ken, Kenneth. So if Trey is a nickname from being the third, so are we like multiplying yeah. here? Are you like the ninth? Like, like, are you like well, the, like the third would... iteration of the third? Are we like? He's the third Trey Murphy. Um, he definitely wouldn't be as good in the NBA if we went by Ken Murphy. Can we agree on that? It is a, it is a, a, a not a, a basketball sounding name. That would, that would be like a really good, like 1980s middle infielder. Yeah. But a slap a slap hitter though, like a defensive minded second baseman. Yeah, definitely a guy who like you really like, and then you look back when advanced analytics shows like, oh, he's got an eighty five WRC plus and like like Daniel Murphy. But let's, not as good. Let, let's go with like David Murphy, but playing in Daniel's position. Because <laughs> yeah. like Daniel Murphy was actually pretty good for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. David um, was I not had, so much. I had Ding, myself and Keith in this kind of range of like five through seven. Um, originally, I forget what order I had, but I put Ping at the top of this just with the LeBron trade, um, just because he does somehow have point guard eligibility. Um, so, so that, that bumps him up a little bit. Um, well, I think we have at least one more deviation here because before we get to Keith, I still have Barry here. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, so Barry is your fifth overall. Yes. Okay. Um, Garland and Donovan are both one spot apart. Kyrie and Beal are both one spot apart. Brunson and Jamal Murray are two spot two spots apart. Um, Van Vliet and R.J. Barrett are comparable-ish to LeBron and Murphy. So there's just more depth here with Barry. But I just, I mean, I he's got nine top 150 guards. Yes, that, but that's like the most in the league. But three of those are. 142 to 149. <laughs> um, and like I, I say this a lot in the chat, like I don't always try to rag on Barry, but I just find that he and I have like very diametrically opposed views on most sports. Like I just don't like RJ Barrett's profile. It fits his build, but I just don't like his game. I don't think Cole Anthony is particularly strong. Colin Sexton's in a weird spot where the Jazz just aren't really using him a whole lot. Um, Red Van Vliet is pretty solid to this point. Jalen Brunson has been a lot better than I expected. He, he, I just can't push Barry up when you do have Kyrie because you literally never know when he's going to miss like 30 games for like non-basketball reasons. Right. Um, like I, I know that's kind of probably baked into his ranking that I was looking at here, but I, I, I would just knock him down a little more because of that. Just he's that much of a wild card. But yeah. And then to 
finish off this tier before we know we kind of do a more holistic discussion here. I do have Keith because there's just more. I, like, four. Yeah, he's got three top 50, five top 100. Mm -hmm. So he has the same number of top 100s as Barry does. He has an extra top top 50, and he only has one fewer top 150. Um, one one of those top 100s is Ben Simmons, though. Yeah, in. And personally, I would probably drop Simmons down to like a top 150 instead of a top 100. Yeah. But yeah, yeah like, but Hero and Giddy, uh, Vassell is up there too. I don't like those as much as Barry's top end, but like Kevin Porter Jr. is solid. But I like Marcus Smart more than a lot of Barry's guys. I think Spencer Dinwiddie is, you know, better than most of Barry's depth. So I just, I, I like. Keith's depth a little more here, and I don't think that the drop off from the top end is strong enough here. I could very easily, you know, be swayed to swap them, but eh, I don't know. Like, I, we we can probably swap them, I guess, if you want. I mean, I'm, the more I, the more I, I ended talk up about having, this. so I had Barry as my. He was in my original tier one, just because of the depth. And because of his his high end, you know, three almost top one or top top fifty with Brunson being fifty three, um, I do think Kyrie's forty seven is baking in the the Kyrie ness of him. Um, and I just think like he's got so many guys that are give you so many more categories than than Keith's guys. Like Hero, like I said, with um, with buddies is kind of just a scorer. He's not going to get you assists. He might get you good rebounds for a guard, but but not much more than that. I do like Devin Vassell. He used to be he used to be in the Jobin. Um, he's going to be good. Giddy's going to be good, but I don't think like I I would I would still take Barry's top three over Keith's top three. Yeah, and then Barry's get, even got better depth in my opinion. Yeah, I would differ. With, I would differ on as his fourth guard. Like that's that's really good. Yeah, I mean, I as as I kind of alluded to there, I I did swap Keith and Barry, so Barry is now the top of my tier two. Okay. Yeah, just like I just some of the players, I just don't really like their games. As I mentioned, like with with Bear and Anthony in particular, and then like, are are we really excited about like Malik Monk and Bruce Brown? Like, they're good, but like. You know, when you look at like Smart Dinwiddie, if the aforementioned Lonzo Ball can like run normally, um, he would be above those guys too. So, just on on the strength of Garland alone, basically, I'll I'll move Barry yeah. out of Keith. But I mean, there's a reason why you know tier two is quite large for me. Like, you have not at the very bottom with two top ten guys. Barry has you know the most top one fifty guys on the whole list here. Keith has pretty strong depth there in like the top 100. Ping has a good high end player and some good depth. You have a really good high end player and some even better and some eh, I don't know better depth, but some more youth per se. Yeah. So there's just uh, I all five of those teams have really good guard situations. You know, very good tier two guard situations. Yeah, this was the hardest range for me to rank was the um, like five through five through eight range. Um, and it does kind of mimic our actual standings, like not the actual teams, but like the, the middle third of our league is very close to each other yep. in terms of quality. Um, 
So you ended up going, let's see, your four was Barry, five was Keith, six was Ping, seven you, was me? Yep. And then not. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue on anything with, with Ping, Keith, uh, or myself. I did have Ping a little bit lower. Um, I would push back on Barry being in tier two, though. I, I, I do think he's a tier one team. In fact, he was ahead of you before the Kyrie trade for me, um, just because the, um, like, I, I think I changed our ranking when it was like, oh, he's going to sit out until he's traded, and I didn't think they were going to trade him. So I thought Barry just lost another top top 50 guard, um, so I dropped him down. But like, I think I think Barry's guard situation is, is definitely tier one. I mean, I just I just can't quite put him there when you look at the, the high-end talent that the next three teams have. Like, Garland is, is great. Kyrie, when he's playing, is great. But well, I guess we can go to the next year then. I mean, that's, that's where the conversation's heading. Um, yeah, yeah. I have Chris at three. <laughs> um, you know, shocker, the guy who has the podcast is going to be higher on his own team than the rest of the league. Um, but, I mean, we have Luca, second best player on the whole, on the whole list, let alone being the best guard. Um, Fox is at 21. DeJounte Murray's at 25, Levine at 57, DeMar at 76. He's got three top 50 players, five top 100s, and six top 150s. Like, it's the same number of top 100s as Barry, but you're taking, you're looking at Luca, Fox, and DeJounte Murray versus Garland, Kyrie, Kyrie and Brunson. I, that's, that's a pretty clear victory for Chris for me. And then I like Levine and DeMar better than I do Van Vliet and Barrett. Not not both of them ahead of Van, not both not both of them ahead of Van Vliet, but if you look at the duo yeah. of Le, Le, the duo of Levine and Demar over the duo of Van Vliet and Barrett, but I mean it, it's Luca. He's, he's he's that good. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like Luca might get a little bit of a ding with the Kyrie trade, but I don't think I still think he's the best guard in the league. Um, and then just based on the rankings, like his his two and three are both top twenty five guard, like top twenty five players overall. Yep. And whereas Kyrie, Fox and Murray, yeah, whereas Kyrie's barely top fifty for for Barry's second. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I had I had Chris ahead of Barry, so I'm agreeing with you. Okay. I just think Chris is is a top two. Okay. I mean, as um, I said, that's why that's why this there, there's a tier one here. Like I could I could see a very strong argument as to why Chris should be two instead of who I do have at two. Um, at two, I have Alex. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, I, I, I have myself at two. Uh, I'm, I'm not that I'm not that vain. Um, Cade is ranked very favorably by this list, my head. He still is, yes. But I, I, at 12 overall. Yeah, I mean, I do think he's going to be... I think he will has a pretty decent chance to, to live up to that, though. Especially in in nine cat, he's going to be a good free throw shooter. He's going to put up volume with threes. He's a very good rebounder for his position, which is kind of why I have myself here. I mean, Cade, Curry, Dame, all three of them. I mean, Dame not really so much, but Curry's an excellent rebounder for his position. Um, the percentages with Dame and Curry are both fantastic. the The three point volume I'm getting with those guys plus Simon or yeah Simons and Pool and then. Clay when he's you know not playing, or when he's playing, he doesn't play in the second half of back-to-back shot. But just I just think there's 
generally just a tiny little bit more juice with the guys I have and like their their uh, upper upper end of their possibilities. I mean, we've seen what Dame has done the last month. He's been just absurd. Uh, yeah. when, when Curry is yeah. when Curry's playing, I think he's the in true talent in the NBA. I think he's the best guard. Um, obviously, I think you know Luca for dynasty basket dynasty fantasy basketball is better. But I don't know. I'm, I, I look at the possibility of running out a, a Cade Curry Dame lineup, and that's just that's really freaking good. Can I read you some stat lines? We're going to do like a player comparison. Go for it. Live on the air. All right. One second to get together. <laughs> great podcast. We're so close. This is, this We're is so great. close. So this I don't, don't want to like. This is great podcast. Mix up one versus the other. Yeah. This is why you host and not me. All right. So player one or player A averages 35 minutes a game, shoots 43% from the field. 75% free throws, uh, puts up 25 and three, makes 1.83s a game, and less than one stock per game. Okay? Okay. Player two puts up 30 minutes a game, goes 23 and four with about a stock per game, uh, shoots 43% from the field, 86% from the free throw line, and makes two and a half threes a game. I mean, with the way I like to do stuff, player two is probably the one I like more. It is. Would you agree that those stat lines are similar? I mean, kind of, but I, you know, it's a pretty big boost in in uh, free throw percentage. Um, the having that over a stock per game is nice. Uh, Field goals are about the same. Yeah. Stocks are about the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm player a player. So you're going to go with the two. That makes sense because yeah. that was Jordan Poole. Okay, who is player A? Player A. Player A is R.J. Barrett. I mean, yeah. <laughs> those are those are pretty similar stat lines. You get a little bit more rebounds with R.J. You get a little bit more threes. Free throw percentage is better, but they don't shoot. Who gets? I think R.J. shoots more. He shoots five and a half per game. Yeah, Poole is at four point eight. Shoots. Sorry, my minutes now. RJ Barrett shoots five and a half a game. Jordan Poole shoots four point eight. So they're, I mean, they're about the same in terms of free throw volume too. Yeah. Sorry, I derailed it. I was just a uh... no, no. You're good. I'm I'm double checking something too. Like Poole was at like forty four point eight percent, I think, from the field last year. So he his numbers have taken a little bit of a dip, field goal percentage wise. Barrett, I mean, his de- I Barrett's a career four twenty one from the field. Poole, I mean, the rookie year. So he's shooting better this year than at four thirty three. Yeah. Re- removing, I, you know, you can't remove a season, but Poole's rookie season was bad, bad. Um, outside of that, he's a four, 44 from the field, so slightly better. But the the free throw percentage is a little shocking because like he's Poole's free throw percentage is definitely down a little bit. He's his you know age 21, 22, and 23 seasons. He's an 89.2 percent from the line. 
I, I think he's, he's cool. down to 86. Yeah, I think he's better than 86% from the line. I just think, yeah, he's he's a good, what is he for you? He's probably your fifth. Yeah, I, he was. Fifth guard. Yeah. He's a good fifth guard. Yep. And but coincidentally enough, that's Barrett what Barrett is. is on Barrett is Barry's fifth guard. Yep. So, but Poole is ranked 12 spots higher on this list. I think he's he's kind of dependent on the injuries of the guards that are ahead of him on the roster. Like now, with, with Steph being out, like he's going to get a bump in volume, and like his his efficiency might go down, but his his counting stats might go up. Honestly, the efficiency might go up. Like I I would like to look. He's played better when he's been a starter. Um, like for example, like last game, he just was very passive. He took maybe like five shots the whole game. On pull pull page here and see if. They have on the splits as a starter versus coming off the bench. Let's see here. Oh, here we go. Okay. So Jordan Poole as a starter this year is averaging 24.9 points, 3.2 boards, 4.1 assists, shooting 44.1% from the field, 87.7% uh, from the line. Uh, I don't see defense numbers here. Oh, uh, a steal a game in like a quarter of a block per game. So it's, you know, it's 10 more points off as a starter than off the bench. The field, goal, yeah, the field goal percentage is, you know, two percentages higher. The free throw percentage is five percentages higher. So it, that it's is surprising. It is definitely a, a user's thing with him. Like what he's, I think it's confidence too. Like when he has the confidence and he's the guy, Needs to know he's going to play 35 minutes a game. Yeah. That's interesting. I did have you second as well. I had a different number one than you. Um, so you obviously mentioned all the other 13 teams. So you have Alex number one. Yep. I I had him a little bit lower just because, and this is probably a mistake I made maybe with, with Josh too. Like Alex is very win now. So when I looked at Alex's guards, I'm like oh old 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 yeah and Devin Booker yep but when Devin Booker is your centerpiece you know that helps a whole lot James yeah. James yeah. Harden is yeah. still incredibly productive like when he's when his hamstring isn't bothering him uh, Jimmy Butler and Paul George having that shooting guard is beneficial for him here yeah. I, I guess Butler is more of a shooting guard but like Paul George I'd have to think of him more as a three than the two yeah. Um, I would agree with that, but yeah, I mean the the main difference here is there's there's four guys in the top fifty there for Alex. He's got five top one hundreds and also five top one fifties, with Ky, uh, Kyle Lowry being just outside the top one fifty. So I I just see more higher end talent or more top fifty talent, I guess, with with Alex. Although if yeah. Anthony Simons was one ranking higher, he'd also be top fifty. Yeah. So. I mean, Chris is right there too, having Zach Levine at fifty-seven. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. I don't know how many guards are ahead of him, but that's. I guess we're right like, out there. Probably and, like two. And Chris's guys are younger. Yep. But I mean, I ended up having Chris as my number one, and that is not just to get on his good side. <clears throat> sure. <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, for what it's worth, though, the I list that we are looking at the, is a the dynasty best guard list. In the league. But, I mean, this is a dynasty list that we are looking at, so they do factor in age and stuff, too. I mean, that's why LeBron is at 67 on our list. Right. But, 
So that leaves me with going last to first year again. Nathan, Josh, Kevin, Murph, Sean, and Paolo, Nut, Mike, Ping, Keith, and Barry, Chris, myself, and Alex. Okay. So I think I Brian... Yeah, it's very similar. It's very similar to mine. I think our biggest difference was Barry, which is not surprising at all. Well, I mean, <laughs> where is Barry in your list, 1 to 14? Barry was number three for me. Okay, I'd admit four. So right. so I my top four, I, I, I thought it was like a clear tier one, just like you did. Um, I went ended up going Chris is my number one. You is my number two, Barry is my number three, and Alex was four just because of the age factor. Okay. Um, so it's interesting that we both agreed on yours, but the order around where you were at is a little bit different. I mean, I'll take it as the self-centered podcast host that I am. The fact that we both agree with me at second is fine. You can move the guys around me however you want. The um, <laughs> big reason for me being on here is to push back on Ron. We ended up agreeing where he was. So yeah. off to a great start here. Fantastic. Um, I don't know. You want to run through there's, your, there's, your list 14 to 1 too, just for the sake of comparison? Yeah. Yeah. I had Josh in last, Kevin 13, Nathan 12, Murph 11. So that's the same bottom four as you, just in a little bit different order. I had Paolo 10. Nut nine, Sean eight. That was also pretty, well, was only two spots difference. Yeah. Uh, Keith was seven. I put myself at six. And then top five was Ping, Alex, Barry, Ron, Chris. All right. So, I mean, as you said, I think our, our biggest discrepancy is we had a few people who we ranked like two spots apart, which, mm-hmm. yeah. Our biggest difference was Alex actually looking at it. Like I oh, had yeah. him four, yeah. you had him one. Mm-hmm. That was the big difference. Um, so I guess it's just a matter of how you feel about Alex versus Chris in terms of guards and just looking at it, like you said, from a dynasty perspective, Chris's top three, they're all in the top 25. Alex has one in the top 10, the top 50, but, but like we said, I don't know how long those guys are going to be top 50 overall players. I mean, I, I, you know, see a good two, three years for, for his four top 50 guys. I mean, Harden, Butler, and Paul George, I don't see any of those guys, like, on the precipice of, like, you know, falling no, off, falling off, off but there's a bunch of guys in the 60s and 70s that, that couldn't make a jump. But I guess, yeah. I mean, I mean hey, guys like a, Anthony Simons this, and Jordan. This year ranking. Um, yeah. Let me get your ranking, too. We both ranked. Yes, yeah, that's what I said. You know, I was being rude <laughs> and talking over you when, like, guys like Anthony Simons and Jordan Poole could bump up in the top yeah. 50. But Franz Wagner, Jaden Ivey. Yeah. Right. I would Wagner more so than Ivy probably, but you know, that's because Franz is literally 52 and Ivy 73 on the list. But yeah. But yeah, surprisingly do, pretty similar. Yeah. It helps when we go off the same list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps that is um not a not a great um control there for for this list yeah my like i i initially like i said from the top like i, I kind of grouped them into to tiers and then from those tiers kind of looked at all right do i like these guys long term what's their depth like what's 
you know, who are who are you starting night to night at your point guard, shooting guard, and guard spot, like your top three? And when when Chris can start Luca, Fox, and Dejounte Murray, and then he's got guys in his forward spots that are you know Levine, DeRozan. Like DeRozan was getting MVP votes last year, like mm-hmm. as as your fifth guard. I, I that's, had to that's a solid top five. I had to face Demar when during his hot stretch last year, and that was just demoralizing. He's, he's he's still unstoppable this year. Like he's putting up crazy numbers. I know, but like it's I mean, just it's really it's really frustrating when you're looking over at your opponent and you're seeing Demar Rosen have a four game week where he's going like twelve for twenty from the field every night for like forty points because he's getting to the line. He's just knocking down eighteen footers every damn time down the court. He's just not missing. The free throw percentages are solid. It's like just like these aren't like the modern NBA is going completely away from players like DeMar DeRozan, and yet he's still just like busting everybody's ass. Yeah. Like, just stop. Still get to the spots. <laughs> miss, yeah, like, miss, miss a couple shots. Um, very, he's like a very souped-up version of uh, uh, Sean Livingston. Got a bit of a. I thought you were going to go Rip Hamilton. Well, I was trying to be a little more reason. Oh, Rip was really good too, but like uh, as far as like the mid-range game, like Sean Livingston was yeah. especially like at like his his final few years, he was coming off the bench for Golden State. Like it just felt like he was like I don't want to say post up, but he would definitely you know kind of like ISO against his man and get him on like his hip and just like turn around and shoot over him because he was so big compared to most guards. And I mean, that's kind of what Shea is doing this year. Like he's making one three a game. Yeah, he's that getting always... to the line ten times a game, and I mean he'll 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 stop and make like a fifteen footer, but he's all about attacking the rim, mm-hmm. not but... perimeter based at all. And yeah, always kind of surprised me when I see his numbers. I you know, like I do, I do the the recaps and stuff, and he's he's the three point numbers are never like super high. But yeah, definitely here always here for a, a good Rip Hamilton callback though. Just fantastic player. He makes exactly one three a game. Shea does, <laughs> but he shoots more than ten free throws a game. <laughs> yeah, let it be known I am very much against yeah, people. Yeah. The field. yeah, I'm like very much like not a, a fan of uh, free throw hunting in the game. But then I when I was doing the stats this week, uh, how many free throws do you think Damian Lillard attempted uh, this past week? How many? Like, uh, say if he's if you're asking, it's a lot. Yep. Um, Probably played more than twice because he only played twice last week. He played three times last week. <clears throat> um, let's go with 50. Yeah, it was like 50, 51, 52, something like that. I don't have the yeah. exact number in front of me, but it was in the low 50s. That's why. So like, eh, you know, but I don't. I, I don't think Shea like foul hunts. Like it's just he just drives to the basket every play. Oh yeah. Like he's not. Yeah. You know, I mean, he he's the point guard now, more or less. He's got the ball and he's just beating his man every time and getting to the basket. No. He just attacks the rim. Like, with the amount of times that you drive to the basket like that, like 10 free throws a game isn't because he's foul hunting. It's just because he's getting 20 to 25 drives a game. Yeah. And uh, because I am a bit of a glutton for punishment here, I'm going to pull this up just to double check and make sure I have this um, correct here. But do you know... Okay. I don't have to... It's not where I thought I could find that information. I hope it's down. 
Damn it. Well, that's really dumb. Uh, I thought I could know this, but I'm I'm like 90% positive this is the case. Do you know which team originally had the pick that was used to draft Shea Gilders Alexander? Well, he was drafted by the Clippers. Who originally had that pick? Yes. Like who they got the pick from? Yes. Was it the Pacers? No, it was the Detroit Pistons, I believe. Oh. In, in the Blake Griffin trade. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's some wild trade trees. Yes. Okay, here it is. So, uh, er, okay, no. So, I the podcast I was listening to got it wrong. It's saying it was the pick used on Miles Bridges that they got from the uh, the Pistons. I mean, they were picked back to back. Okay. So, wait. Oh, okay, I, I think I know what it is now. I think they just like it. It was probably a trade afterwards that allowed them to to swap Shea and oh, Miles. Oh, pick swaps. Gotcha. So the pick that the Pistons had was actually used on Bridges, but they mm-hmm. essentially traded Bridges for Shea. So in a roundabout way, it was the that Blake Griffin trade that allowed the Clippers to get Shea and then sent him to Oklahoma City later in his career. For Paul George and yeah, Kawhi. Yep, but the uh, the Blake Griffin trade is tied into the Shea Gilgis Alexander career arc. Interesting. So, I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah, the only reason I knew that is from a Pistons podcast I was listening to recently. But, I'm just glad I don't have two Pistons guards. Like there having a, Ivy is, is one thing. Is there a problem with having two? <laughs> I mean, I have Cade and Hamadou Diallo right now. Diallo's not long for my team, but, you know. Well, neither in a couple of weeks will probably be on your team this, for this year. Well, yeah, I mean, Cade's just out for the whole year, but, you know. Yeah. I would try and be a smartass. Although, <laughs> I, I will say, as much as it maybe didn't turn out well, man, 2018-19 Blake Griffin was a lot of fun to watch, though. That that man averaged 24 and a half yeah, points, was. seven and a half rebounds, 5.4 assists, uh, shot 36% from three, 46% from the field, had a nice 50-point uh, game against, I think it was he your, your sister. Playoffs, wasn't it? One year, didn't he? Yeah, he, yeah he, they got swept by the box, but he basically just ended any athleticism he had playing on a, a torn-up knee just to get yeah. the Pistons into the point to get uh, blasted by Giannis. <laughs> yeah. But he was all NBA that year. He was fantastic. As I yeah. said, I think he had a 50-pointer against your, your Sixers. If I remember yeah, correctly, sounds right. It was early in the season right. that year, but yeah, so you know, pretty good for a guy who did not ask to be traded, had his number retired by the Clippers, and then traded <laughs> trade to the Pistons. <laughs> they wanted him back so bad, like they locked him in that room, like you can't leave DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul, and Doc, and then yeah, they did him dirty. Yeah, like imagine like retire. Like I love the Pistons, but imagine retiring a guy's number and then saying, "Okay, we're trading into Detroit." <laughs> Trading you. <laughs> in the midst of a historically bad yeah so it was the third from, from la yeah. yeah it was the third game of the year he had 50 points 14 rebounds six assists uh shot 571 from the field 20 for 35 hit five threes against the Sixers. and i believe 
He had Detroit won by one point in overtime, 133 to 132. That was, um, that was fun when did, when the Pistons had that kind of like they were fun to watch. Now they're just not fun to watch. Revitalized a little bit. Yeah. Going back to the guards, Chris picked up the uh, the replacement for Kyrie on the Nets. Edmund Sumner today, and he's he's having a good game, so that might might bump him up even more. I don't know if that's rankings. really Does that do anything for you. Like not really, because I don't think he's a replacement for Kyrie. <laughs> like the replacement for Kyrie there is just Dinwiddie, but I don't think Dinwiddie's probably been cleared to play yet. I don't know, man. I mean, like Got eleven this... points, third quarter. I mean, we're talking about a, a fantasy league where like Jalen Horde was like deciding our championship. Like that's 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 what I'm saying. Let's throw a roll here with Edmund Sumner. Uh, let me pull up Keith's team here and see if uh, what's anybody's even playing tonight. He is not. So yeah, I assume he'll walk into the starting point guard spot though. When uh, whenever he does, fully join the the team in in the lineup. Oh boy, Nick Claxton at the free throw line. Uh, yeah, that'll be a fun one for you when you get to do like when we get to talk about Nick Claxton and, and Jaron Jackson and all those guys. My my forwards and centers are are going to be more fun to discuss than my guards. Yeah, because outside of Shea and Franz, it's kind of <clears throat> not that I wouldn't say it's barren. I've got more depth than than a lot of the guys towards the bottom, but but I definitely like I, even I couldn't put myself any higher than. Then five, we have until six. Yeah, um, which I feel is appropriate. It'll be fun, though. I mean, hey, then we once again when we get to like center proper, we get to talk about how great Mark Williams is now. He was totally not being outplayed by any centers taken after him in our draft. So that'll be Definitely fun for not. you. Definitely not start starting to get some burn. Yep. I mean, only because you've told me you were really jealous that I pulled the trigger on a certain player than you, but. That'll be yep. a, a okay, fun. Dis- yeah, that'll be a fun discussion in you know roughly two weeks or so. Did you see that rankings um, website that we were using? You can sort by rookies. Yeah. And see like what the top rookies are, and do you see how high the guy you're talking about is, Walker Kessler? Folks. I did not, but I, I will. <laughs> I will take a look here right now. I'll pull it up. I no, did I just? Apparently, I like deleted the bookmark or something. That's really dumb. So this website sorts players, um, dynasty rankings, and you can just like sort by rookies. You can so- also sort by like contending, rebuilding, um, depending on scoring. Um, if you sort by rookies, you'll see that Walker Kessler is number three. Wow. Ooh, love to see that. <laughs> love to see that. And he's behind chat. And I don't know. I, I think you can bump Kessler at this point. I'll just bump him up to two because we don't know what that's going to happen with chat. So, yeah. For, I'm gonna Ronnieify the rankings here and independently bump Kessler up to two. I don't like that Ivy's not the best piston rookie on this ranking. I mean, Behind they're they're, they're, they're two apart. Like, you know. speaking of, did you see the uh, the block that Dern had on Plumley the other night? No, it wasn't like super no, impressive or anything, but like Plumley went up for like a, a two hander. Endurance, she was like one hand and basically just punched the ball like right between his hands. 
like very like you know usually you see he got like get like stuffed but like he literally like put it like through his hands he had so much force on the dunk or on the block rather yeah Duran is he's 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 the, he's That's the youngest good. player in the league right now. But. Yeah, 19. Yeah. Well, I think he was also... We were potentially going to trade... Yep, you would have had... In the first round. Yeah, I think we would have swapped like, the first take round. Him. We, yeah. were gonna, we were going to swap picks, right? Yep. That was so. certainly going to happen. But I mean, hey, the last time the Pistons had a, a highly touted uh, center who was very young, they did pretty well for themselves, so... In, in case nobody's picking up on that, I'm talking about the the record holding youngest player to ever win an NBA championship, uh, Darko Milicic. <laughs> nope. I wasn't sure if you were going with Darko or if you're going with Drummond. Certainly not Drummond. Drummond was good for a couple of years though. He was really good in fantasy, yeah. Um, but you know, I was, yeah. I was going for. I don't. To be quite honest, I think Darko's record will not be broken unless the NBA changes their eligibility rules. Like I'm pretty sure you have to be like 19 by like the end of your rookie year or something to be eligible. And Dark yeah. Darko won his ring at age 18. So yeah, you have to be one year out of high school. I yeah. think that's the rule. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way they worded it. Yeah. And Claxton just made a free throw. Wow, it's impressive. His last three, his last three games, he's 13 of 15. God, if if he starts like if he's even like an 80 percent free throw shooter, this is. And, I just missed him. Okay. Yeah. He's gonna be Back really. 50%. I mean, you know, not to like take stuff away from the future center episode here, but he's gonna be really good, man. I am like I did not expect to see him uh, take off like he has, but gosh, he's. Let's, I'm gonna pull up his his last you know 30 days. He was here. one of the players. Oh, just went through two. Yeah. The last. Oh, third, no, there was yeah. a lane violation. Oh, good. Yeah, uh, Claxton in his last 30 days, not games, just 30 days, uh, 72.7% from the field, 53.6% from the line, 16.4 points, 10.9 rebounds, 2.2 assists, 2.8 blocks. Just he's just a, he's just a very very darn good player. Uh, yeah, he's scoring he's scoring more than I had anticipated. Yeah, because you know coming into the year behind Durant, Kyrie. And I mean, I expected Ben Simmons to at least be doing a little bit more than he is, but like as the fourth option on the team, like I wasn't, I was expecting maybe like eight to 10 points a game. He's averaging 16 and a half points a game. In the last 30 days. You know, a couple free throws a game, but. It's mainly the the blocks and the the field goal percentage, which is just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when when you're about like 70% from the field, that's just incredible. It's really, really good. Yeah, we don't have to take away from the center center thing. Yeah. In typical Jobin fashion, I only have one of my three first-round picks last year left, and it is Mark Williams. <laughs> uh, I, I wonder I wonder why he's still available. Or, sorry, why he's still on your team. Perhaps implying that, you know, it's maybe he wasn't... Uh... Center depth. You can never have too many blocks. Yep. I mean, um, surely taking a player from Duke is not going to, you know, make you regret things, right? But no, yeah, it's... Speaking of Duke centers, are you in on uh, the, the Derek Lively train after he just wrecked UNC in the in the paint? I, I actually 
did not get a chance to watch that game, so it didn't happen in my yeah. mind. Me neither, but what do you have, like eight blocks? Something like that. Yeah, it's yes. wild. That's, that's, that's Carolina, wild. Carolina's back where they were last year, though. There's there's articles being written and podcasts being done about, are they going to make the tournament? And, you know, that's just exactly where we wanted to be because that's where we were last year. Yep. You're an eight seed, went on a run, went to the Final Four. That's where Michigan is this year right now. They've been playing yeah. not so great. I actually get to go see them play live on Wednesday. I'm looking forward to that. We're doing it through uh, through work. My boss bought, okay. bought like a, a bunch of us on the team tickets to go watch as a group. So. Nice. I'll get to watch them play Nebraska. Nebraska, so. For, uh, okay. One of the few teams in the Big Ten that has been worse than Michigan in the standings. 50 to 42 final score. Should be more than that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess, I'll guess 63-52 Michigan. That sounds close too, yeah. But, yeah, Big Ten standings, Nebraska. Big Ten. Nebraska is third from the bottom, so I think that's 13th. I think there's 15 teams now, or is it still 14? 12th. There's, there's 14 teams in the Big Ten. Make it make sense, right? Um, no. Yeah, it is hilarious though how how much parity there is. Rutgers is second; they're eight and four. Um, Wisconsin is eleventh; they're five and seven. <laughs> like it's it's Purdue is running away with it. Minnesota is terrible, and like everybody else is like, eh, we'll we'll you know win half our games, we'll lose half our games more or less. Interesting. Who do you um? Back to DSAC, who do you think makes the playoffs? For basketball? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do you, think it, do you think it ends as is? I think it kind of depends on the schedules for uh, fifth and sixth place. But mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I think the top five are mostly top safe. Top five are pretty, pretty locked, yeah. I mean, it's possible that Ping could drop like six and a half games to you or Keith, but. Yeah, I don't know what Josh's schedule is, but it's he's he's the one who well, could he gets Sean this week. Oh, yeah. And then Ping then me. Ping then you. Yeah, it's tough. He's got a pretty nice schedule too. Mm-hmm. He ends with Nut, Murph, and then Barry. So he's like one week ahead of me. Because I end with Paolo, Nut, Murph. Yeah, you'll you'll notice that ESPN schedules are basically the same for every team. They're just yeah, recycled. Like, yeah, <laughs> start at a different spot on the wheel. Pretty much. Um, would be very very fond of like finding a way to truly randomize this every year. So is we basically keep the same schedule year over year too. Yeah. Um, I would be very very fond of not having my final three weeks be in some order Alex, Chris, and Josh every year. <laughs> Um, At least for the next like two or three years. Yeah, yeah. I would be very yeah. fond if I or very happy if, if we could get like Barry's schedule in, in here with me. <laughs> Which one of these years? I don't know. I, I kind of like Barry's schedule. Barry's schedule is very similar to mine. I'll deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I man. I mean, certainly you wouldn't be lobbying to the commissioner on this podcast after I put him first in the guards, would you? I I don't really think that. <laughs> I have enough goodwill with Chris at this point. I think I've built up enough bad will that you ruined it. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think I could brown nose enough to make substantial changes in my benefit in a 
a short enough amount of time. You have to like create a uh, some type of burner account, or like have like a fake person join the league and like start like feeding him lines. Like, you know, Ron's actually really, really good guy. You should, you should listen to what he says. We like kind of had that. We Spencer, the aforementioned Spencer, <laughs> had a had a fake reporter who would like do stuff. He would like pop in and like. You know, he would call me a beagle for beagle was like his go-to uh, insult for me. I don't know why. Well, yeah, he would like. He was the idea of it was Chris originally had a Twitter account for our league, and then like Twitter got blocked in his work, and he just like stopped updating that like before we even really started things. <laughs> um, but yeah, Spencer had a, like a fake reporter, even had like a fake Twitter account too to, uh, uh, you know, like like break news and stuff. Like for a while, I thought it was Chris respond to try transactions yeah yeah like i thought it was chris for the longest yeah. time so when i had to do like announce like our initial contracts for baseball like i gave it to that account and then i was like okay come on chris like i already gave you the stuff here i thought be i thought i'd just be slick and let the uh, the new the insider break my contracts but it wasn't actually chris <laughs> and then you'll probably miss that, that guy yeah, you'll appreciate this too the the name of that reporter was dixon yamada which you can, you know, more or less put together what that actually means. Yeah. yeah it, it is, you know, very, it is very unfortunate how, how much alike you and Spencer would be. And yet two ships passing in the night. Two ships. Yep. Yep. Although he was a really big Russell Wilson slappy. And I don't think you, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure you're on the same page with, with that. Yeah, I think we stopped talking about guards like 15 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> anything else that you want to wrap up on here, or are we just kind of no. good until next week? No, I think we're good. I think we're good. All right. Well, we can uh, look forwards next week. Yeah, we can look forward uh, to the forwards mm. next week. Yeah. And spoiler Sorry, alert. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure you and I will both be looking at the exact same list again, and we use the exact same methodology <laughs> to to basically rinse and repeat this with the forwards. There. And that will be once again. I do, I do think it's good. I do think it's good to be like conversational rather than than just reading off a list. Yeah. Even if if I didn't, you know, if our rankings weren't all that similar, I, I do think it's better. I mean, better banter for the league. Is it better for the podcast? Yes. But do I also really enjoy when I have like a particularly good position group and I get to just like drone on and like roster bait on the air? <laughs> That's also a lot of fun for me. And there's less of that with this. So we'll see. We'll see when we eventually start talking, starting pitching in baseball. We'll see how. Uh, there we go. We'll see how much yeah. I can I can let my uh, let myself go in that podcast. But that's not for a few months yet, as we said. So. Yeah. And just to clarify again, the forwards will be any player who has small forward or power forward eligibility, regardless of how often they actually play that position. And for clarification for both of us, I will not be on the hockey position power rankings. Actually, actually, Mike is running them, in fact. I'm just going to provide can. a banter for him on that. I'll, I'll pass the buckle on to somebody else for that one. Maybe Nathan will want to do it with me. Yeah. I'm not sure that Nathan will be a, a strong candidate for that. As much as, and this is, you know, the Flyers aren't the same. They've moved a lot of guys, but it would be, it is very fitting that Nathan is a Flyers fan. One, their primary color is orange. Their mascot is orange. Um, Claude Giroux and Jacob, or sorry, Jakob Vorchak are both gingers. Sorry, gingers. I don't want to be called racist for dropping a hard R on ginger. Um, 
but yeah, very, Nathan was very much a living embodiment in terms of his physical appearance of a Flyers fan. So maybe he is the mascot. Who knows? He's too skinny to be gritty. He's also not coordinated enough, I would assume. Because like gritty is fantastic, but I don't know if Nathan can can ice skate like gritty can. Perhaps. I don't know. I've never gone with him, so. That is a, uh, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. I'm going to guess no, though. Yeah, I, from what I understand, Nathan's main <laughs> hockey experience is playing road hockey in the street and catching a puck to the face. Yep. So. All right, well, we can uh, wrap things up there, stop with the whole Midwestern goodbye stuff. Are you familiar with that? <laughs> yes. Okay. We just, you're both are afraid to say goodbye. Yeah. Just drones on forever and ever. I wasn't sure how... Yeah, I'm how more of a fan of the Irish goodbye. Yeah. And on that note, a uh, big thank you to Mike for coming on and assuming you guys all enjoyed that. Uh, there'll be, you know, a few more of those here throughout the year. We would have, in theory, with basketball forwards and centers to both talk about uh, separately and then eventually baseball season will start. And then if you want, so we'll probably be doing football as well so long as you guys enjoy it. Um, I have some other ideas for other content in future episodes, so... Uh, we'll see how that goes. But that being said, thank you very much for listening as always. Thank you very much to Mike for coming on. And I will catch you all next time.